Hello, and welcome to the Gaming Fix Podcast, episode 275 on July 8th, 2023. I'm your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite apology, because listener, I am sorry I lied to you. On our last episode, I said we would be back next week with another episode of the Gaming Fix Podcast, and then we missed a week. And I apologize to you for that. I don't have a ukulele here, but I hope you take my heartfelt apology uh, and uh, run with it and uh, find peace in your life. Today, mm-hmm. I am joined by Pat. I'm I'm back. Oh shit! Yeah, he he. Reports of my my demise were greatly exaggerated. He lived. Uh, I survived Portland. Portland, right. That's, yeah, that's, you know, some would say you're lucky to get out of there alive. Hmm, I had a much better time in actual Portland this time. Last time I was in Portland, I was very like, I think I might not like it here. Um, but this time was nice. It was, it was good. Okay. Good, good. Was the last time more like in COVID times or pre COVID? Mm, it or? was last September. So, okay, so not like- really. A little bit more, yeah. but it was mm-hmm. at a point where I felt okay yeah. going places. But um, we just, we went to, there's a arcade bar that is a cool place that has like three levels of, of machines and stuff. And, and again, awesome, cool, cool cocktails and stuff. They're all video game themed, but it happens to be in like the worst part of mm-hmm. Portland. And uh, we left at like midnight and then I had to take a train back to my hotel and so it was like walking around at midnight in a very not good. Yeah. Like there's not really neighborhoods in Seattle that I was as like, I wasn't really uncomfortable because I'm, you know, I'm kind of a, at that time I had a bigger beard even than I do now. And I'm kind of like, you are uh, in you know, a bigger guy. Presence. And yeah, I don't, I don't really get intimidated by people. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't that, but there were people that were trying to intimidate me and get in my sure. face and stuff. And, uh, I was like, dude, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like, there's parts of there's a part in an area in Seattle that people think is really dangerous, and there are a lot of technically there's a lot of muggings that happen there, a lot of air quotes. Um, but it's only because people go there and like act like idiots and are just yeah. like get all like if it's actually just people hanging out. And it, if you just leave them alone and don't get don't don't be weird, yeah. no one's gonna bother you. This was more like people like looking for something to do mm-hmm. <laughs> by getting in causing some trouble. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh, well, whatever. It's it's not. It, I, I was like, I didn't really enjoy that, but this time uh, I did not encounter any of that, and we instead went to like restaurants and bars and stuff and that were mostly walking distance from my friend's place. And, and it was, it was good. Nice, nice. I watched some electric race cars, vroom, which vroom. was cool. No, no vroom, vroom. Cause they're electric. Uh, it's like, a, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> the coolest part was that when, when they get up to, they can still go like 120 miles an hour Does when they get up like to, to speed. Feel the, like, wind power they're putting off yeah okay. and 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 you can hear it you you hear them the cutting whoosh. the air the whooshing of it but there's no normally you can't hear the whoosh because the engines are yeah. so loud so you don't really hear the whoosh but it was wild to hear just the whoosh 
um and then and then you hear them like slow down and you really hear the strain on the tires and the screeches and stuff which mm-hmm. was cool okay yeah formula e it's fun to go see all right it is take thankfully it was not ex- at formula e yeah it was uh, yeah it's kind of that vibe it's very <laughs> european racing compared to indycar um but uh it was a little strange we didn't go for the whole day we just went for the race um and it was like 35 bucks which you know that's not that's pretty typical sports event prices and that's pretty good pricing for a race Mm -hmm. a big race so i didn't feel fleeced but like it was because they're electric cars they only race for like 50 minutes because they can't i mean they have batteries so they can't like refuel them Mm. Um, they don't have like a so, battery they can like swap in and out like okay we've got two batteries, the batteries for this are, race and we the batteries are you know 500 pounds i mean not that big, okay yeah sure they're like it's like an electric car battery so they're big um, okay I, uh they no but they stops used, and they could they could do something well what they used they to do is it. they used to have two cars per driver so right. they used to have the driver switch cars in the middle which i think they should just bring back and do like sure. hour to hour and a half races but whatever uh, it was still fun. It was a fun time. I just next year we're hoping that they're gonna have like support races and stuff to give a reason to be there for more than an hour. <laughs> yeah. What What else is going on for? Like, why else would you be there? The there's there's qualifying which we didn't go to, but you but, can watch them qualify. So you watch them qualify, um, then they charge the car and or mm-hmm. okay, and then you watch like there was a concert, I guess. Um, and they have a gaming arena where you can go and play F1 I have at home. It's it's <laughs> I think it's probably our factor because that's the car that's the, okay. the sim that the 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 uh the official E cars are in of Formula uh, E. Yeah. Um and in eat some food. There's not great food mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Portland International Raceway, but it's something you could it's do. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh that's yeah it's there's not a lot going on that's part of the i mean and it, it there is a lot going on in the spectacle of it it looks cool there's they've actually built for indycar the the podium is like a tiny little stage on the infield and like 25 people show up to watch the no more than that but like 30 people show up to watch the trophies awarded and stuff and and it's very much feels like you're at like a state fair or something <laughs> um uh, but for Formula E, they made like they built like a big stage for the podium, uh, which was cool. cool. It was like I think they had the concert on it too. It was like a fest- music festival style big stage. Um, so there was some spectacle there. I mean, that was cool to see, but it also the actual amount of the amount of race cars on track action that you would get for the ticket price was kind of whatever. It's fine, but for the standing around all day, if you showed up at 10 a.m. when the gates opened or whatever. Yeah. You you get in a total of about an hour and 45 minutes of cars over the nine-hour period that you're <laughs> there or whatever. Oof. Not nine hours, eight hours, seven hours. Still. But still, I'm... yeah. They need... in For IndyCar, they do support races, so there's basically races popping off the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like lower-class cars um, or like stock cars or there's... Um, they'll have like a... a um, like youth racing thing but it's not like it's it's like go actually interesting or... to watch they're like super powered go-karts mm-hmm. um so it's 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 still serious even though it's yeah. it's uh, like uh middle school age kids 
Um, so like, there's a lot of different races you get to watch when you go see an IndyCar event. Um, and they need to get that for formula E, but I don't know what they're going to do because they can't, their mission statement is such that they can't have gas in. powered. Stuff. Yeah. So, uh, drone but I don't racing know. I, I don't know well it's all stupid i mean look i like formula RC e it's dumb cars. anyway like it was very cool at the start but they did a f15 flyover and uh they used the afterburners and everything so it was like incredibly loud and stuff but it's like that's like <laughs> it's like probably five to ten thousand dollars in jet fuel yeah that a taxpayers are paying for and b is a pollutant and is like mm-hmm. if you're just, if your whole thing is we're environmentally friendly like yeah doing jet flyover is kind of dumb <laughs> yeah and there was a helicopter there's a helicopter flying around the, the the race the whole time taking getting footage mm-hmm. which again was cool to watch but it's like what are we doing here uh yeah, that's uh i don't care that much because i mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm obviously yes. very climate yes. aware i i'm concerned about climate change and but also, like, yet you live in society. Weekend, well, and the whole weekend of even including the jet fighter flyover and the helicopter of Formula E is like twenty minutes of rush hour traffic in <laughs> in Seattle. So, like, it's I I think that picking racing as a target is like it's one of those like picking individuals as a target is bad too. Like it's, it's, we're not the problem. The problem is the, the, the larger system, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think that basically what I'm saying is formula E should embrace the fact that their whole net zero since day zero thing is just marketing anyway. And mm-hmm. cares. yeah, it's cool that they're electric race cars and right. eventually it's going to have to be, um, uh, there's going to have to be more, electric racing because fuel is going to become more scarce. So that yeah. is, that is, that is uh, something that I think is worthwhile about it. So. Just turn all the dying boomers into, into fuel and oil. And there you go. You got more fuel for the race cars. Just uh, accelerate the decomposition process. Uh, but like, I don't know, something that might happen because of some weird paranormal spooky thing in SCP-5K. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know you were into running, Pat. Uh, <laughs> uh, they recently Let's changed the name Sam of this on game. here to talk about this game with you. I don't remember what the... What the um original name of it was um but it 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 changed um recently i think and i had so i don't know are you familiar with scp secure uh, protect uh only like vaguely mostly from playing control and then people saying like oh this is like scp yeah and like, um, you saying that and stuff like that, but and I've like looked a little bit at the website, but I've never gone like deep into looking at all the weird stuff people have written for it. Yeah, it's very cool. I won't talk at length about what it is, but basically, it's a it's a um uh collaborative, community driven storytelling site wiki where it's like about all these horrifying, you know, things, artifacts, creatures, 
whatever that show up randomly and um and and there's this organization that contains them in facilities and then what you're reading when you go to the wiki is like write-ups about they're like reports on yeah. each of these objects and it's very cool there's a lot of different some of them are very very creative um and scp pandemic was the original name got it okay and i probably makes sense that they changed it i don't know maybe it wasn't that recent i don't know uh, 2020 was when it march 5th 2020 was when it came out or wow pri- what private a, what alpha rough, starting soon was scp what uh, rough timing to release scp pandemic uh-huh. uh anyway um yeah so scp is like i like it because i think it's it's an interesting kind of uh meaty method of storytelling because it's it's these like wikipedia articles basically about these objects and it's a fun format because if you just the the writers don't have to like flesh out the ideas beyond like all your story idea has to be as like what if there was a box that was actually inside out but nobody knew it was inside out and uh, it you couldn't put anything inside of it because it was inside out. So actually, everything in all create in all of the universe was technically inside, inside of it. I'm making that up off the top. That's yeah, the kind yeah. of thing. I, I there's now I can't think of one. Maybe I should write that one because that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> and that idea is like you can't write a novel about that, but no. uh, it's a cool concept. And so someone can just like put together a 500 word Wikipedia article about it. And then some of them are are more depth and longer so one of the the it's not one of my favorites but there is a scp called scp 5k 5000 and like the object and the numbers are like the number in a in a row like when it was written it doesn't necessarily mean a chronological timeline you can read any random scp whenever you want um scp 5000 is like a story about a um like suit that you can, that's like a robot suit kind of, I don't know, like Iron Man suit sort of, uh, it's more like a predator suit. And they recover this like recording from it. And it's about when the SCP foundation decides to like go crazy and like let all of the monster stuff out and mm. try to, and just, they decide that actually they're going to destroy humanity or whatever. I don't, I don't like the story very much because it doesn't really explain why uh, they do this. <laughs> and that's so I don't know. But then it turns out it's like a whatever, like a it's that's from a breach, a reality breach. And that was another reality. And, da, 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 and it ended up in the suit when we found it. Um, anyway, so the premise of the game is there's been a big containment breach. And that's like, who knows what the fuck is going on? And you're like going in as I think like just like ta- you're like tactical soldiers going into these locations to try to deal with uh the the SCPs coming out. So it's it's fun. It's a cooperative game. Um it it's starts off it's it's pretty spooky at first and you got zombies running around and the zombies are kind of unsettling. It's very indie. Um obviously SCP is is all written under Creative Commons license, so that's how they can I'm sure right. that they reached out to the authors of the stories that they featured, but like that's kind of how they can do it. Um, and uh, so it includes like one of the, there's the the actual thing that we played. It felt kind of long. We thought it was only going to be like an hour and a half, but um, 
a friend that that we play Destiny with, and I went in, and we were in there. We were playing it for like over pretty over an hour, like an hour and a half, and it felt like we had only gotten about a third of the way through the the content in the like they call them raids. Um, not I don't think they're trying to say that it's like an MMO raid, but um. You're raiding a facility to capture, yeah. protect, and we felt like procure. What what was it? Secure, secure, contain, and protect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do, so do like we things. we got through the first. There were like a few sections, and it felt kind of like a Half Life level, not as good as Half Life, of course, but it felt mm-hmm. that's kind of like what the the structure of it felt like. And then suddenly, it like it was like that was just the intro part. That first hour was just the intro part, and then we were in like a much a place with money, like branching paths and stuff. That was a lot more, a lot bigger, and that part felt like control, like a lot like cool. control. And it looked they had pulled like the visual style of control that in that as well, um, with the like kind of brutalist uh, architecture and stuff, and in, in like you were inside of a big office building, um, and it was pretty cool. The and it was cool. I don't want to spoil it for people to play it, but like starts off and. You're fighting zombies, like mm-hmm. they just run Normal at you. Stuff, yeah. But there is, and you can see this on the store page. So I don't think it's a huge player. There's an SCP. I forget the number. It's one of the first ones I. I think it's one of the first ones most people read who get into it. That is, um, a you know classic concept. You just read one of one of my favorite novels, which deals in a sort of similar concept where it's in SCP. It's this like shitty looking, kind of disturbing looking. Uh, statue basically like concrete kind of s- 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 concrete yeah. but also kind of fleshy statue and if you don't if if you're not looking at it it like rushes for you and tears you apart mm-hmm. Um, and so someone has to be looking at it 24 mm-hmm. 7 because otherwise it'll find the last person that looked at it and just and kill them and it will get through any barriers you put in its way and any distance that you put there and it will do it in, with lightning speed. Um, and so that thing is in this SCP 5k game and I saw it. And even though it doesn't look exactly like the, 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 the SCP entry is notable because it, someone actually made this, the thing they like made a full size replica of it. Oh. and put in the Wikipedia article and it's, bad looking but mm-hmm. also very unsettling sure. uh, yeah and so and and in scp 5k it looks a little bit better um because it's a video game but as soon as i saw it i was like oh we can we cannot not look at this thing and <laughs> it just it's it's effective because it just like stands there and its head moves and watches you and it's very unsettling looking and you know if someone looks away it's gonna like charge you and it doesn't really matter if the animation is bad or the yeah. not that the animation is bad. It's fine. It, it's not triple yeah. A quality, but it's fine. But like if, if you turn away, you're just you know, you're going to die. And so when we, as soon as we saw it, it was like, OK, you stand here and watch it. I'm going to scout ahead and see where we need to go. I'll try to get a vantage point to watch it so that you can leapfrog. And then we had to like and then there's, of course, of course, there's a point where it's like, well, you can't there's no way now. we can continue yeah. to see it. So. We just have to like run the five feet to this door and hope it doesn't get us. And of course, you know, you run the five feet to the door, slam the door behind you, and it's right there at the door as soon as mm. you slam the door. Uh, so, yeah. And, and in the game, they fudge it a little bit. It can't go through doors. Mm. But um, uh, it, that, that was a very fun 
puzzle to deal with. And then there's some other creepier enemies uh, than just zombies. And then the place we ended up getting to again, I don't want to spoil, but it's like, I don't, I don't even know what the enemies were really Mm -hmm. or how they killed us. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just like we were in this area that was like, who the fuck knows what this is, what's going on here. And, uh, and, and, and so it was cool. And then we, I had to go. Uh, and so, did, so did he, uh, so it was, we, we said we'd try it again later, but the problem is that you can't save your progress. So we're going to have to do the whole right. first part again, yeah. uh, which is a little annoying, but, um, destiny raids you, have yeah. primed me for this. Yeah. And um, you know, now you know what to do. So it, yeah, for sure. Faster. It'll be, it'll be faster. And, uh, otherwise it's a pretty good game. Shooting's shooting's pretty good. It's not, nothing about it is like, you could tell me this was a half-life mod and I would go, okay, like mm-hmm. it's a pretty good half-life mod. But it also doesn't feel bad for thirteen right. bucks yeah. to, to to get it. That uh, is pretty so. cheap. Uh, yeah, they did a Kickstarter on it. Apparently, it's the largest SCP Kickstarter that's happened. And they uh, apparently the rebrand happened in November of last year. So they went through basically two years of COVID as SCP pandemic. That's funny. I had always kept an eye on it, but it just looked um indie enough that i w- like not sure. that's bad that's the mm-hmm. wrong way to put yeah, that sounds yeah, yeah. bad it looked like it was not quite of a yeah. quality that i was interested in putting time into and i don't know that i would play it by myself um right i'm not like chomping at the bit i gotta get in there and play it again but i'm looking forward to playing it with people again mm-hmm. um and i think totally. it, it's it doesn't it is not as complex at all as an MMO raid, but it is it, it's 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 a little bit more than your left for deads, because what I liked the most about it, I think, is that you ran into those sections like the one with the the thing you have to look at because it was that was actually it was very tense, but we didn't shoot guns for like 20 minutes because you can't kill that thing. Mm-hmm. Um and so we just had to figure out like how to puzzle solve around it. Um, and, and like someone had to figure, we had to figure out how to keep someone watching it while we did these objectives and moved around the environment. Right. Um, which was, was, uh, was pretty cool. And, you know, you got to kind of buy in cause you could just have someone stand five feet from it and then other people go do all the, the stuff. And that's less interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead we were like leapfrogging each other and it was like, well, I'll watch it while you do this. And uh, yeah. And, that made it more cool. The uh, so it seems like you get more out of the game having engaged with SCP stuff and read I things would on the wiki. Say and so. I I think it's you probably get. St- I didn't recognize the other anomalies. Sure. Um. So I don't think it's a requirement. I in a weird way, it's almost like saying you get more from control if you've played other remedy games because it's got references to other remedy games. In yeah, it. yeah. Control, I'm not saying it's like an essential thing. Just yeah, there. Are, if but you control are is into still a fucking hell of a game. Yes, if you are into SCP, and then you can have that moment where you go, "Oh, I know what this is." We have someone has to be looking at this. Uh, that's that's like a cool thing, and so it's neat that yeah, they, but I. They yeah, tie for sure. in, it's neat that it is pulling th- from it in such a way that you can actually identify things and make use of the knowledge 
if you have yeah. engaged with it. Not necessarily that you have to have engaged with it. Just I think I think what's cool about it to fans of the of SCP. what they did. What they did well is um, they. It's it's good if like you have that like oh fuck I know what that is keep an eye on it. That's fun. It would also be fun to go to not know. Yes. And to yes. go, oh, that thing's weird. Holy fuck, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And then have yeah. to puzzle it out. That would also be a fun process. So yeah. I think I think it's cool that there's both experiences are in there and they're both they would both be fun Absolutely. to engage with, I think. Yeah, that sounds uh, pretty neat. Uh, yep, it's got two raids in it. So I don't know how long the second one is. It said the second one go- is like recommended for one to twelve players. I think. Oh wow. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, the first one is one to four. They just put the the second one in like mm-hmm. recently. Uh, so it does also make me want to play Control again though, because obviously it's not as good as Control. And uh, sure, <laughs> Control yeah. is, is sick. I, I, and I never I, played I, the DLC. Yeah, same. I never played the DLC. I would like to do that at some point. Uh, and. They put Alan Wake uh, remastered on PS Plus, um, just like mm. the monthly game. I was thinking about going back, giving that another shot because I never finished it on PC because we that port was doo doo. But yeah, we finished it last year. We played it, I think. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't. I've played it semi recently, um, and so I don't feel the need to play through it again before yeah. Alan Wake Two. I'm excited about Alan Wake Two. Yeah, yeah. I have so, not watched any trailers. Because I don't want any. Mm-hmm. I just know I'm gonna watch it. So yeah, that's all I need. Seems you're gonna watch it. You're not gonna play it, huh? You're gonna or play it? Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, uh, I had a Hulu tab it, open, so watch. It, my uh, brain went to watch. It seems seems like it's gonna be have scarier elements than yes. Alan Wake. One of my one of my friends was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. I love Alan Wake one. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to play Alan Wake two. Uh-huh. And because they watch the trailer and I, I'm like, yeah, that just means I'm more excited. Because <laughs> if anything, Alan Wake one, if I have any real critiques about Alan Wake one, it's that I got not scared <laughs> by about after the first like hour, I was kind of like, all right, this is all going to be like yeah. this. So it's it, uh, the tension is all, oh, I need batteries for my flashlight, basically. And I just the only way I was ever able to get into horror games was by going. Sometimes I'm going to run out of stuff and I'm going to die and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so I don't get stressed about that. Like, oh, I yeah, used, yeah, like, yeah. Like some, it's more just a like, oh, well, okay, got to try that again. Yeah. Um, so I need this shit that I need. To, it's a weird. Amnesia is pretty good at it. Um, Resident Evil 8 is. Like half mm, of the game is good at that. Yes. And then they, they go into other stuff. But well, yeah. specifically. The one part sure. where you don't fight anything, yeah, yeah. where you're it's in the house, it. the mm-hmm. basement of the house, that is like the perfect thing to fuck me up in a mm-hmm. way that I like because it is a combination of the feeling of being chased, but also the the thing that you're dealing with is like kind of incomprehensible and like yeah. fucked up and what the hell. Like I don't like Outlast because I don't mm-hmm. crazy guy that's gonna come ahead off or whatever it's like whatever that's that's boring <laughs> um but uh but yeah weird shit that is also hard to deal with and scary like and has power over you i guess is what it is mm-hmm. um 
is it, that's the big thing with Alan Wake because I never felt like I couldn't handle anything that it threw at me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny because like in movies, I I prefer like slasher stuff, uh, and just you know Halloween. Uh, for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is more uh, what's the word? Uh, fantastical, I guess. But I, I existential, to, existential. To yeah, uh, I you know I prefer. Yeah, his Candyman also is similar vein to that, but uh, Scream stuff like that is by kind of my preferred horror um, mm-hmm. in in film and whatnot. But games, I'm yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you there. I would rather play something like an Amnesia or, but you know, Resident Evil is just so good. So you know the zombies that works for me, but in in media in in movies they're played out, but. Resident Evil games. Yes, please. Zombies all day long. Mm-hmm. But what if Dino Crisis? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't find dinosaurs particularly scary. No, so. no. Not at um, all. But just, you know, give it another... What if they made them scary? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would uh, I would play a new Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis. Di- Dino Crisis. Dino, dental Dino dental Crisis. crisis. Got to fight off a bunch now, of that's a bunch of dentists. That's bad. That I don't like. Uh, that Exoprimal game that's coming out next week. Uh, I'm mildly curious. It's the Capcom, yeah, the, like dinosaur horde fighting game. You're like, yeah, traveling. The, the dinosaurs are traveling to. I don't know. It all looks like complete nonsense, but. I was I was hey, gonna that's... go. Hey, it's my birthday. Everyone in this Destiny server has to play Exoprimal with me. But then I realized that the time zone doesn't make sense, and I will be busy on the weekend. <laughs> I would. So I, I, would ca- do I it. cannot. I, yeah, but it's just it's not going to work because I'll be busy yeah. on when you guys. Uh, the game won't be out until Saturday here, and then I'll be. I probably going to Bit Summit. Uh, on those days, so it's just it's not going to work out. I can't force people to do it, uh, but yeah, it, it if if it's good, I might be like, hey, we should uh, give this a try. But yeah, we'll see. It's on Game Pass, so it's not even like a huge commitment to try it out. Uh, but that's that's something that maybe we'll play in the future. Uh, you have actually played some more games this week, quite a quite yeah. a few this week. Yeah, I kind of. I've been playing. I've been playing some Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition because it was. I actually didn't own it on Steam, but it was super cheap in the Steam sale. It's like six bucks, and uh, I Baldur's Gate is one of my favorite games of all time. the The first one in particular, I like the second one a lot too. Um, but the first one is the one I have the fondest memories of. That is like the game that got me into video games beyond. Like that is the reason that I ended up being more of a PC person kid growing sure. up, and why I have the taste it shaped a lot of the taste that i ended up developing over time um i played it with my dad when i was a kid like very young um and uh it also is one of the things that got me into fantasy it's one of the things that got me into tabletop games like it's just a very formative game for me um and revisiting has been a blast that game holds up remarkably well the environments are still one of the things that always i always loved about bg1 and 2 and really any infinity icewind dales same way both those the, the the environments are just utterly gorgeous and they still are um it's it's 
they're all like hand drawn so it's it's basically like drawn art 2d image but because of the way that they put it in the game it's like it's it's doesn't matter that it's 2d basically right. um and and i guess i don't know and it's they may i don't know they're, they're doing some techniques to give it more depth too but but uh yeah it's 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 really gorgeous uh hard by modern standards uh <laughs> actually had to drop the difficulty to easy at one point because i was like well i'm all the way at the bottom of this mine and uh-huh. I do not want to go all the way back out to go grind XP. So I'm right. going to drop it to easy because when I attack this guy, he summons like eight skeletons and 12 kobolds. And I've was wow. like, Jesus Christ. Minsk is tough, but he can't. <laughs> he, there's only so much he can do when he's at level one. Yeah. Um, Jesus. So, but, uh, but, but it's still playable. I mean, it's not that bad. It's actually surprisingly good on Steam Deck. It nice. doesn't have um it's funny because it is also on iPad. Oh. But the iPad version has has different it's different. Yeah. And so the Steam version is not when you play it on Steam Deck, it doesn't like become the iPad version. Um okay. so like you can't it doesn't have like it has touch interface because the Steam Deck has like you can use it as a touchscreen and as a mouse, but it doesn't have you can't like turn on iPad touchscreen shit for the Steam mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you still are. My point is, you're still playing it with the 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 game pad controls, but and it does not have controller support. But weirdly, it works really well because there's a community control scheme for it that just turns the right stick and the right touchpad into a mouse, and then you pull the right trigger to click and. Since it's a turn-based game, it's actually easier. It's a little slower to play it on Steam Deck, but it's a totally fine. I would rather play it that way than on iPad. I think, um, and okay. uh, and and have the ability to switch back and forth from PC and and Steam Deck is really nice because it cloud saves and stuff. So yeah. Um. So I've I've been laying in bed and playing it for a little bit before bed, and then playing it for longer chunks on PC here and there. So yeah, it's a good time. Nice. I'm not, uh, like I was telling you, I'm not doing a thing where I'm going to force myself to play all of yeah. one and two before three. Cause I have played those games in the past and mm-hmm. a couple times each. Uh, but it's been a nice way to like keep myself hyped up without feeling like I can't wait. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I should like do divinity two or something just to like, cause I am curious, uh, but I'm worried that'll burn me out before Baldur's Gate. Yeah, begins. that's uh, part of why I'm playing the old BGs because they play so differently than the way Larian makes right. games. Yeah. Um, so um, they they actually play more like an RTS. Um, okay. You can pause them, and they yeah. are turn based, but the turns just keep happening. You can set it to pause after every turn, mm. but that's t- pretty tedious because it's old AD&D rules so like half the turns are just everyone in the combat missing mm-hmm. um so <laughs> that's not very it's more fun to just leave let it run and watch what's going on and then I have it little like there's very good pause settings you can have it pauses whenever one of your people gets hit whenever they get a hit whenever something dies um so it's uh it, I, that's you just set up the auto pause so that it helps with that um but it's almost like the Final Fantasy 12 game job system or whatever where you can just a little bit yeah set you can people s- to do a thing you, and you let can it do run. that too you can you can script them so like 
I have it turned so that they don't use their spells and abilities, but they can pick targets if they want to and like kind of go for it and fight mm-hmm. um, so that I don't have to constantly reassign targets when an enemy dies. Um, but by default, if you turn the party AI on, there's just a button to turn it off so that they don't do anything without you telling them. But if you turn it on by default, all of them are like, ah, four kobolds, let me use all of my spells. Uh, <laughs> which is like, no, you do not need to to use your level six spell on this skeleton. Right. That, yeah. Uh, now we don't have it anymore until you sleep again. Um, so, uh, yeah, but these great games. Um, it's definitely making me want to, I'm excited for BG3. It's also making me really want to play like pillars and the divinity games right. that i haven't gotten to yet just because i was like man crpgs are just a lot yeah. of fun i i haven't really tried like one on the steam deck but that does seem like the way to enjoy it's a them. good platform yeah i think i've from what i've heard pillars plays similarly in that it's just mm-hmm. pretty good um it's not officially they don't they haven't done work to it to make it steam deck compatible i don't believe but it's got the playable tag and it's the only thing they say is that this game sometimes shows mouse, keyboard, or non-Steam Deck controller icons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might have controller support, even though the Steam page says it doesn't, because it's on console. So um, if they put the controller right. support in, then I imagine it's even better than Baldur's Gate for, uh, for playing on Steam Deck. And I'm very excited about Avowed, so at some point I'm going to play the Pillars games finally. Um, yeah, maybe I should. I, I booted with the first game up on... Um... Oh, what's what is it uh, on Game Pass on PC? But mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about having to sit at the computer and be like, okay, I'm committing to playing this for now. Uh, it's just dense. It's part of yeah, the problem. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so it's, it's not, like it's I'm not going a, to sit here a, and I'm going to play the game. And it's not a fair criticism because it being dense is the point. Yes. Um, yes. And and that's good. Um, and like my partner has played it and has said it's like incredible 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 uh and you know the witcher is one of her favorite series so the fact that she's thinks it's so good is clear mark of quality for me in terms of rpgs but i don't know i just haven't it it's it feels like a big commitment yes (laughs) just commit to playing it because like you're saying even even less the like individual moments of time and more just the like it feels rich and dense and deep in a way that Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't had the like wherewithal to try to yes. tackle. Um, There's that, so. and I don't know. There, if I sit at my PC, I don't really want to be like reading text on a screen that much. Like, I'd rather be like a little more active in my play. Yeah, I can see uh, that. And so, like, if I'm going to be sitting at my computer, at least, and and so I may be playing on Steam Deck, uh, where I can just like pick it up and put it down. Uh, and I've this is something I've been thinking about recently with the Steam Deck is like the reason I, I've been using it to play Diablo a lot. I haven't played any this week. I, I think I'm I'm gonna try a little bit in the new season. I think just try it I'm out. Kind of. I'm not on pause because I have more renown to grind out, uh-huh. but I'm I play just, it for like a couple hours a week now, waiting for. I think I'll get that on a seasonal character or something as like a way to gain some XP or whatever. But uh. Like playing that, you've already lost. Wow, whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, no, I'm not. I, I, yeah, I was gonna be number one on the leaderboard, but there goes my chances. Uh, You're the, not gonna start with 
15 paragon points what are we doing that no absolutely not um the can you even get use paragon points if you don't have i don't know how it's level 50 i think you have to i think you probably have to hit level 50 yeah um anyway uh on steam deck because diablo 4 is an always online game so you have to you know every time you play you have to like you have to close out of the game and then also close out a battle net and then like restart Battle.net and then restart the game from Battle.net. Uh, so it's just like extra levels of like, okay, another menu, another menu, and get through to get the game going. And that's not how I want to use the Steam Deck. I, re- I finally realized like, no, I just want to use it like a Switch where I can pick it up and just play the game that I wanted to be playing. Uh, and it's like why I, fi- I gave up on like doing Game Pass stuff on Windows is because it's just an extra layer that gets in the way of using the Steam Deck how I want to use it. Uh, but, like, something like Pillars of Eternity, where I can just, like, put it down, but, okay, I can pick it up, I can play, like, you know, 15 minutes of a thing, and then put it back down, and then go do something, come back, okay, I'm ready to do some more. That that sounds like how I would like to enjoy that game. Because I'm pretty good at, like, keeping story straight in my head and like from audiobooks i was reading two book like two different books one on audiobook one in the ebook and i was able to keep those stories straight no problem and i think that that would just be the preferable way to play something like that for me at this point but Mm. yeah uh steam deck uh is good for not always online games (laughs) uh anyway that's my Steam Deck rant. It's good. Uh, you've got some other games, Pat. Uh, one I had not heard of. Yeah. Um, even even quicker than Baldur's Gate, I played some Small Land. I've been keeping my eye on it for a while. This is a Kickstarter game. Um, it's been on Steam for a couple months now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I It popped up in my feed because I play a fair number of survival games. It's a genre that I like kind of in spite of a lot of its own shortcomings um most games in the genre shortcomings um i get it because they're small um so this game at first blush like kind of at first glance it looks kind of like grounded because it's like you're a little you're a little guy um little guy big world um it is but i would say i think it's a little more in depth than grounded like grounded kind of simplifies the genre a little bit to be more like approachable it also seems like it's made with like parents playing with kids in mind Mm. um which is there's nothing wrong with that ground is a good game i've played a a, a little bit of the only reason i haven't played a lot more of is because i want to play it with my partner and we haven't gotten around to actually like starting it and playing it um so it's cool but small land I was looking at it like, ah, this the combat looks like kind of cool, and it's got a in a way like the whole like eighties Honey I Shrunk the Kids vibe with Grounded. I think it's neat, but it doesn't quite speak to me as much as like actually you're just a weird little magic fairy guy. <laughs> That's kind of more my style, my speed anyway. Right. Um. And uh, and so yeah, I I I played I don't know hour and a half two hours of it. It's still in early access, obviously, like every single survival game. Um, <laughs> and uh, but what I will say is they've already come out with like 
one major content update after like just a couple of months. So I think maybe it came out in February or March okay. or something. It's not a couple, but a few months. Uh, um, March 29th, 2023. Okay. Yeah. So a pretty good clip. The this like a, they did a big update. They added like areas and new mechanics and new tiers of armor and new boss enemies and stuff. Um, so and they've already teased their next update. So it seems like it's it's under pretty uh, active like the development on it is full time and and really moving, which is cool. Um, it's pretty polished. It looks good and it plays good. Um, it is uh, pretty. It is not the game for people who don't like bugs, even more than <laughs> Grounded. Grounded, yeah, they kind of some big ass spiders. And grounded, they definitely kind of like. There's an arachnophobia mode in Small okay, Land as well. So if it's spiders, if spiders are your specific concern, you got you got nothing to worry about because you can basically turn them off. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the th- the thing with grounded is they make all of the bugs like cute's the wrong word, but they kind of like car- they're a little bit cartoony. They're mm-hmm. a little bit stylized. Sure. Everything yeah. in grounded is a little bit stylized. The bugs in Small Land, though, they kind of go for a more realistic style on them. And it's mm-hmm. the first time, like, I left, you start off, and the premise is that it's like, oh, the queen, you, you live, you're, you're in this, you live in this, like, hive society that all lives underground in tunnels, and, um, and you never, they never go to the surface. And, uh, or you know, very few of them go to the surface. And the beginning of the game with the little tutorial area is like you leaving the tunnels to go out to the surface. Then there's NPCs you're talking to and stuff. Like it feels very much like an RPG more than a survival game. Um, and the first bug I ran into was this moth and or butterfly, and it was just kind of flapping around. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's big. That's big compared to me. That is a big butterfly. And they very much fudge the scaling on this stuff. All right. Uh, and uh, and it, which is fine. And it's got a very cool, like, whoa, I am, I look up and there's trees up there, but they're way, way up there, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Bird tree from Elden Ring status. Yeah, except so. it's like a whole little yeah, of trees. So it's yeah, like, it, yeah. it, they do a really good job visually of conveying that you are tiny, but also you're in, like, you, you, you feel like you're in a big world, whereas, you know, Grounded, you're kind of in like a, a backyard. So when you look up, it's still just the sky. Yeah. Um, uh, this in, in small land, it's cool the way they do the like depth of field and there's trees way, way, way up above you. Um, and then I was like, so I was like kind of exploring around and it, and then it got dark and um, it gets really dark and I took out a torch and stuff. And then out of nowhere, I just got jumped by this grasshopper mm. and it was like, it was like getting attacked by a car <laughs> in terms of the size difference. And I was like, holy fuck. It scared the shit out of me. Like <laughs> I, I like went like, ah, and jumped in my seat. And my partner was like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, like, fucking grasshopper. I killed it. But it was really, really scary. Okay. <laughs> it was, it was like the, it was like the, it was like in dark souls when a scary enemy jumps <laughs> you and you're like, I don't like this. And then it happened with ants and I got swarmed by a bunch of little tiny ants, and then I was building a little shelter, and I uh, below the like root tree oh, root that I was building on a because it was like kind of a there was a bull ant that ran by, and those fuckers are really big and they move really fast, and so it is it is very cool. I, I'm in, I'm gonna play more of it, and I'm liking it, but it is definitely 
content warning for really unsettling <laughs> bugs pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can. I've even see seen a spider. Oh yeah, you can see him if you look at the Steam page. Uh, mm-hmm. There. Oh yeah, you can look there. They've got gifts of this stuff. The like the dragonflies and there's a grasshopper that someone's riding around on. Um, mm-hmm. Look pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty good looking. I mean, it's definitely still a. You know, it's an independently developed survival game. It's not, yeah. it's not like, it's not going to blow your mind visually, but it's good. It looks good, um, and I think it the the kind of your little and things are way but way up in the sky above you is cool. And there's a ton of diversity from what I've seen just on the Steam page and stuff in the environments. Mm. Um, it's uh it's it's got this like you start in this forest area that like i said you look up and it's just like lots of trees above you but then you can go out into like more arid environments and stuff and i guess the premise from what i read is that humans it's like technically like kind of a post-apocalypse it doesn't really okay feel post-apocalyptic because you're the little guys that have been Mm -hmm. living along in this society but like humans are gone so you go to the their first big update is um was called land of the giants or something and it's it's like kind of on the fringes of the map the new area has like the ruins of human society by which i mean like giant big tall stuff that is like kind of actually just like a house but giants fall that's what it's called um and it looks cool uh this must be a sequel to the Matt Damon movie Downsizing, where they make people little <laughs> so they can uh, survive coming climate change and things. That's that must be what's going on here. It's also if you pull up this on this if you're on the Steam page anyway and you pull up the news and scroll down a bit, there's like some community build showcase stuff. You can build some cool ass shit in this this game. Like people have made you know, you give anybody a game with building tools, mm, they're going to yeah. make wild stuff. But I like to look at that. I like, I'm never going to build something as impressive as this free city that someone built. But the fact that you can right. is, is really cool. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good. Good survival game if you're looking for scratch to scratch the chop down leaf, get fiber, chop down brambles, get wood, put wood and fiber together, make axe, you know, that that's that that's the game that it is and mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty good for that but it also has a good objectives too like i have a journal with with like a here's what i should be doing next in it too so got some direction and it's multiplayer also it's mm-hmm. all peer-to-peer hosted right now but um, looks like you can do up to 10 people at a time mm, yeah yep. and that sounds i should say it feels totally fine as a solo game it doesn't feel like you're missing something without other people but it would be fun with other people too i think mm-hmm. All right, that's small land. And then you are deep, deep in a hole. I am surprised yeah, you made it out so the, to play these other so games. So the main, yeah, the main thing that like all of my time has been, I wake up in the morning thinking about Magic the Gathering. I get on Discord and talk about Magic the Gathering. I drive to work listening to Magic the Gathering podcasts. I sit at my stupid job push my the stupid buttons where I, and and I just wish I was thinking about Magic the Gathering and then I go home and I play Magic the Gathering. You, you think about thinking about Magic the Gathering. And then I get in bed and I read uh some of the 600 page 
level one course that is to make you a better magic player that was written a few years ago but it's 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 this is it's not like one of those bullshit like pay me fifteen dollars for all the secrets it was written for the wizards yeah. it's a collection of blog posts that were originally written for the mm, wizards of the coast okay. website um and it's actually good uh but yeah i've i've come to realize that you know maybe magic gathering is just the best game that uh anybody's ever made um it is just like who I was who was behind the creation of Magic the Gathering? What is the what is the lore behind the creation of Magic the Gathering? So uh Richard Garfield wrote or or originally designed Magic the Gathering. And, okay. You know, he's I I He's on the sus- list. For... I suspected, but I was not sure if that was if if he was he... to uh be credited for it. He is, yeah. He's he's on the list as one of the most um one of the best game designers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um he's very high on the list, probably, you know. And I and I'm including I'm just saying games generally, you know, video games and tabletop games, whatever. Um I liked Artifact. I think Artifact was a good game, and he designed that. But he also designed a bunch of other like the Vampire of the Masquerade card game from the nineties. He designed Netrunner originally. Like he's he's Pretty much all the the really good, aside from like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, all the big card games he had some hand in. Um, mm-hmm. And but he's definitely a guy that is like, I made magic, I I came up with the idea, I'm done. And I think he designed <laughs> like maybe a set or two and then bounced. Uh, and um, so for like 28 years, uh, I don't know that he's. I don't know when he took over kind of being in charge, but Mark Rosewater has been the guy who's, who's really, um, you know, works with a team of talented people. It's not, nobody makes that a game that's of that scope alone, but, uh, Rosewater is like the, the kind of driving guiding hand and has been behind magic for, um, a pretty long time. Uh, he has a phenomenal podcast called drive to work where he just picks a different subject to talk about a lot of it. The time it is like, um game design related sometimes it'll be about like the lore but like he 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 goes into different subjects um and he sometimes records them just while he's driving to work uh <laughs> sometimes it's actually more of like a formal sit down but he frames it like he's driving to work uh and sort of cheats <laughs> um but uh but but it's a good it's a good podcast um and it's perfect for my commute because it's like his drive to work is like 40-ish minutes, 35 to 40 minutes, and that's around when what my drive in the morning is to work. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and he puts Perfect out like timing. two a week. Oh, wow. Um, I, yeah. I assume it's, he's driving it's to the office many times. So He puts out two. Well, I think he might drive to the office two times a week. But I think he, he... But he always puts them out. I say he. I don't know who on his team. They're not that edited. He had a, there's an intro, right, and that's it. And the intro, it doesn't have music or anything. It's just him going, "I'm pulling out of my driveway." You know what that means? <laughs> and I only know it's pre-recorded because it sounds sounds exactly the same every single episode. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, he, 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 they both both episodes always come out on a Friday. It's weird. They Wait, just, so they just, just they drop put two episodes, episodes at once? Yes, okay. in the in the feed out every Friday. It's it's funny. Um. And it's it's a little sporadic sometimes. Uh, sometimes there's only one episode or whatever. 
Um, but like, yeah, yesterday, episode 1049 and 1050 both came out yesterday. Uh, so sure. good podcast, though, even if you're not super into magic, just his insights are, you know, he's one of the one of the big one of the big designers um, of career wise designers for tabletop games. So he's he's a cool guy. Uh, yeah. Um, so I talked a little bit about the Lord of the Rings stuff. I think the last episode that I was on. Yes. Um, and, um, that was definitely the catalyst for me and a lot of people <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, our destiny server has become a destiny and magic, the gathering server. <laughs> yep. I have muted uh, half of the discord, <laughs> a large number of, of people, in that group have been playing and just yeah it, there's just so much mm-hmm. um it's not even that it's like so much in the context that you were saying it's just so rich and there's so many different ways that you can play that game once you start to really get into the weeds of understanding like how formats work and stuff and i it's made me kind of made me realize one of the, like there's been a bunch of stuff that's clicked for me but like one of the thing that clicked for me is that it's makes sense that so many people go on from being uh like pro magic players to being tabletop game designers because and i always used to kind of be like what the, why who why what doesn't you're not making the game so <laughs> you're just playing the game it's like it would be weird if it was like so a twitch streamer going in then becoming like the next Hideo Kojima or something. But oh, some of them try. But well, that's what I mean. But like, yeah. it's always like not great. Right. Yeah. Um, but the thing is with magic is you're like exercising game design when you make decks. Like the way yeah. that making decks works in that game, it's less of a like, it feels different than something like a Hearthstone where you're or even a Marvel snap where, where it's like, I'm going to put together these good cards that have synergy. That's certainly like basic deck building and magic does work that way. It's, you know, that, that, that's a thing too. But when you start looking at like some of the more competitive decks, it's clear that it's like, no, this is, I'm building a deck with mechanics and there's so much depth to the mechanics that you can, you can, you're almost playing a different game well that's the thing is that's that's so i've been playing i figured i like thing i I wanted to impart to anybody who's like has had interest but never really wanted to dive in um so i'm playing magic in four different applications (laughs) (laughs) i'm playing magic arena so bad (laughs) magic arena is the basic like anybody can play magic arena Mm -hmm. everyone should try magic arena it's free to play you can actually play it free to play without mm-hmm. being like super duper paywalled. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's like the hearthstone ish version of magic, but it's still the full magic experience. Yeah. They, they tried to make an even more hearthstoneified version called like spell slingers or something. It was terrible. Um, but uh, magic arena is still like magic, the gathering. And it is where most of the standard format play is um, over paper. People don't really play standard as much in paper anymore. It's mostly in arena. And standard magic is um, the new rotation that starts is is going to be in next September. So nothing actually rotates this September. But starting next September, 
it's basically going to be magic set releases are basically in seasons. So there's a fall release, a winter release, and a spring release for standard sets. Um, there's also a summer release. This summer it was Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is not standard legal. Okay. So it's like, so kind it's of its like own the, thing. There's like one um, non-standard release. Yeah. Okay. Um, presumably, I mean, they can sort of change that whenever they want. Yeah. But um, but yeah, generally there's there's three big set drops. I think there's just the three per year. And then they'll sometimes they'll do like a supplemental smaller sheet is what they call them because it's like the sheet of all the cards before they get cut. Um, and so like there's a... The, the last big um, major set release was March of the Machine. They had a smaller set called March of the Machine Aftermath that only had like 50 or 60 cards in it or something like that. And it'll be kind of a supplemental thing. Um, so standard rotation, yeah, it contains those. So you're you, it's, it's going to move to containing the um, current season every fall with the fall set release starting in 2024. It's going to move to containing the prior two seasons of releases plus the current season. So it'll every fall it'll have uh, seven sets, and then it'll balloon to nine sets over the course of that season, and then it'll contract back down to seven when the rotation happens and sets fall off. Um, which is a lot of magic cards. It's still a lot of magic cards because sets have you know a couple hundred cards in them. Uh, so you're, you're talking about, you know, 1500 ish to closer to 2000 magic cards available in standard play. Mm -hmm. Um, and because it rotates though, uh, with some frequency annually, at least there's, there's cards leaving the format. That's, that's primarily done in arena because arena is actually pretty affordable to play standard in because all of the cards have the same value with the way that their card crafting wild card system works. So there's there's no concept of expensive cards because every rare costs the same resource to make. Right. And the resources are, are plentiful enough. It's not hard. I have I have like three of the meta standard decks put together. Um and I spend more money on like I certainly am not free to playing arena. I spend money on it. But um it's it's not like astronomical amounts of of money um so you know you've got that there's um limited formats which are really good in arena it's like draft and sealed those are cool because they're down to a single card set so those are not those are much easier to kind of learn um lord of the rings was designed as a draft set as far as I know, where it was like specifically designed to be a good set for drafts. Um, and so right now in arena, all the drafts and sealed stuff is all Lord of the Rings and um, Friday night magics at stores have been Lord of the Rings drafts. And I think it's a phenomenal draft set. It's really fun. Um, and uh, so that will be down to different sets, but there's cool other sealed stuff you can do. Like people make cubes where they make like a custom set of cards that they cart around in a box and then you, then you draft from it, um, which can okay, be fun. I see. Uh, That's so like, there's base. lots of, yes, there's lots of cool ways to play draft stuff. Um, so I'm doing a lot of drafting and a lot of uh, standard in um, arena. Then there is a format called pioneer, which goes back about 10 years of cards uh, and in, and it so it's a significantly higher power level than standard because it contains a lot more cards. 
Arena has kind of a approximation of that called Explorer. It's not there yet. It's missing a lot of the cards in Pioneer, but they're slowly kind of building up the card. They're back releasing cards with these sort of smaller um, set pack set releases that are happening in Arena. How much of like a new season tends to be like cards that have been pushed out of the rotation and like re-releases yeah reprints is what they're reprints called. yeah um, reprints there's always a significant sort of. amount um this is like I'm i mean gonna... magic has been around so long and there are mm-hmm. plenty of things you could do to, to come just... up with new creative ideas for oh, cards yeah, yeah, yeah. but to be doing that constantly you know multiple times a year hundreds of yeah. cards and stuff that i would be i would have been surprised if they weren't doing like considerable amounts of reprints on they some do of them. definitely and and the rule is if you have a card from you know 2005 that gets reprinted in standard yeah. in a set you can use the printing you have from 2005 yeah, yeah. today it's it's not they don't they don't gouge you quite that bad but i'm trying to look like yeah there's been like I, I, it's hard to say what the number is someone who's more knowledgeable could say but it's a, it's definitely a significant um, significant chunk of the of each set is reprinted cards and arena's good about it where it does divide out the printings but you can still use the cards same thing you can use the old card old versions of the cards in arena um if you if you collected them before so mm-hmm. um and uh and reprints are an important part of the way the meta works uh but uh it's definitely like big chunk of reprints and then and then the new cards that that come along too and even in the lord of the rings set for example there's reprints of uh existing cards okay. that fit well in the meta the, right set. like you've got fewer, like elven archers or something yeah f- there's fewer of those reprints i think mm-hmm. than typical um but but yeah they exist and then they did them with lord of the rings art and stuff which Ooh. is cool so here's a question so like magic the gathering arena they've got the lord of the rings stuff in a year is that going to go away from so um arena or and i assume um, like there's going to be a limited print run of them so like they can't do draft lord of the rings no yeah so limited so so the with arena the drafts run on a set schedule you can see the schedule on the website of what's going to happen so arena drafts are probably are going to lord of the rings drafts are going to stop in August or stop in September and then they'll probably just be. Yeah. Um, and that's because wilds of Eldraine, the next standard set will come out in September and that will become the new draft set. Um, And are there's in arena. Are you paying money to play the draft mode? Yes. Or whatever. Um, currency. It's not expensive, but yes, it's, it's, it is, it is a, it is a money uh, thing. You can, if you get good, which, um, I'm not like <laughs> a phenom or anything, but yeah, I, Mr. I tournament winner over here. I did. Yeah, I did win a Friday night magic last night. I draft. Um, it was wild. It's wild to, I, I've drafted this set so much in arena. So when the draft was happening in person last night, I was like, how am I getting so many good cards? And people were showing me their decks afterwards. And I was like, I would never have, I would not have gone there. <laughs> It's it's interesting, is all I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying that I'm like better than anybody, um, but uh, the you you are paying, but it's not that hard to recoup 
the mm-hmm. cost of a draft by playing it and doing decent. Um, yeah. And there's so many tools. I use a tool. I don't really need it anymore. I mean, I did pretty well in a paper draft last night where you don't have this tool. There's a tool. There's multiple tools. I use one from Untapped that are like overlays. And when yeah. you draft, it'll say like the Untapped one's nice because it has ratings from their editor that has like and a little write-up when you mouse over the cards it'll pop up and say like here's why i think this is a good card mm-hmm. um and then it also does an ai generated like synergy rating that looks cool. at what you've drafted so far and goes gives you like a this card is really good with the stuff you've drafted already so mm-hmm. it's a good way to learn i don't think you should lean on it because ultimately it's you're still are making you're still in yeah. a unique draft that is every single draft is unique right so like yeah and it's, but it's it's a good tool to help learn the set. And you never know what you're going to run up against and what right. they uh, drafted that will that directly counter that whatever is, you decide to do. That's kind of the downside to arena drafting is there are two kinds of drafts in arena. Well, there's technically there's like three, but two of the three are just best of three versus best of one games. Mm. So um, in paper drafting, you always do best of three um, for each round. I actually like best of one more in arena because the way that the rewards work, it's a little more like lucrative to play best of one Mm. and best of one is the, uh, the one that increases your limited rank, your, your Mm -hmm. ladder rank or whatever. Um, and it's, that's just like bronze, silver, gold, plat, diamond, whatever. Um, so, uh, the problem though, is that in paper magic, obviously, you know, you draft last night at the event I was at, I had 10 people. So we had, drafted 10 people were drafting packs passing pick a card pass the pack to them i guess i should say for people who don't know what a draft is you open a pack of magic cards you take one out that you want to keep and then you pass the rest of the cards to the person to your left and you get cards from the person to your right rinse and repeat once the pack's done you open your pack and now you start by passing to the right so that it creates a little bit of mm-hmm. variety with who's passing where so obviously you know everyone's trying to build stuff out of these packs so you run into conflicts where like that person over there is drafting green cards i'm drafting green cards shit i sure hope that i get the better green cards before the pack passes around to them because i know the pack they open is not going to have the best green card in it anymore um and you do get that with um the premier draft and traditional draft in magic arena because it pairs you with a table of eight people to do a draft. There's also a mode called quick draft where you're actually just drafting with AI. Um, and it's, it's also fun. Uh, it's half the cost. It's uh, just in giving gems. you like, a, like choose one from these three cards or something. Right. No, uh, it's still structured the same. Like you still open okay. a pack, but you're just drafting with AI. So like mm-hmm. the, the results are not as human. Um, uh, okay. The AI still, the AI still like will pick yeah. You know, the AI is like, oh, a rare blue card in the pack I opened, so I'm going to keep drafting blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it's it's not as as rich as like a human experience. And you know that you're not drafting against people. Um, yeah. And it's half the cost in the rewards. It's like half the cost, half the rewards, basically. But once you get out of the draft in a paper magic, you go and play the other people you drafted with. Yeah. So like I play the person, my green deck now, I have to play against the other person that was drafting green. And so, like, now we're going to see how does it shake up? How did our, how'd it go? Um, in Magic Arena, that's obviously kind of impractical. So you just, you do the draft against other people, and then you're hitting a queue 
where you're people have just drafted. playing against everybody else who have been drafting. Um, and it still was a lot of fun. It mm-hmm. still works out to being a good experience. Um, and it still challenges you to do the draft part of the game and then the play part of the game. And it means you don't have to sit there for three hours straight without leaving your PC. Um, you can do two or three of your games and come back tomorrow and play the rest of them. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's the way then it's structured is you get um, you try to win. When you get three losses, you're out. So you try to win as many games as you can before you hit three losses. Uh, and if you hit five wins, you basically make back what you put in. Technically, you win, on, you gain on it because you get some packs in addition to the gems that you get. And if you hit six wins, you've officially like you get more gems than what you pay to get in. Mm-hmm. And so you get a bunch of packs. It, you could do it again, and you're yep. ahead. And like can... I put, I think I put like fifty bucks in few weeks ago and i've done like 15 drafts on that um so it's it's it, if you once you kind of learn the set a little bit it's you can definitely because even if you're getting like three or four wins you're still getting you know 70 80 percent back of what uh-huh. you put in so it's really not that bad the, the cost is rough if you want to try to collect every card but it's not that bad as long as you come into it going like ah, i want to play limited um i think each draft just purely if you don't consider the rewards at all it's like ten dollars if you buy just enough gems to draft but you're gonna get five dollars in gems back most likely um and you're also gonna get like three or four dollars in packs so it it's and then once you start winning you know if you win seven times you get like almost double the gems that you put into draft back so um it's it's not so bad uh anyway that's drafting it's fun in paper it's fun in arena um then there's a format called historic in arena that's basically every card that's in arena and it includes sets like the lord of the rings set uh so you can play that and and it's big power levels you know tough like lots of shit going on you got to know there's eight thousand i think cards in an arena something like that um so like yeah it's it's how many of those are lands um, I don't think they, c- I mean, uh, some of, a significant number of them are rare lands, but those have mechanics too. Okay. The basic lands, I don't think are counted in okay. that, uh, in, in that amount. Cause the basic lands are all free. You can mm-hmm. use, okay. You get unlimited of those. They, they sell you, trust me, they sell you like cosmetic cosmetics, yeah. <laughs> like Lord of the Rings that has each land, you know, swamp, forest, plains, mountains, mm-hmm. and islands. They have map art for each two map arts for each land oh, mm-hmm, of that course. are like the map of Middle Earth, and you can put them all together in a panorama to see like the full mm-hmm, map of Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. It's very cool looking. But uh, those are like fifty dollars to buy all of them uh, <laughs> in a bundle. Um, but then you do get unlimited of them. That is one of the kind of nice things about it is because it's a cosmetic. You could have every single in paper magic. You know, you have to actually physically have the yeah. the. the the special land but um yeah so those kind of mirror the paper formats of pioneer and then modern modern is the 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 deep the deep deep dark the deep dark rabbit hole modern is a format that has the last 20 years of magic the gathering cards in it all of them with some banned cards that you know that just doesn't how is it modern if it's not 
If it's everything, isn't that right? Okay. Because it's modern, it's it's the whole it's, game is modern. Well, the, the game's thirty years old now, so, so it doesn't um, have the first ten. It's only got the first tw- or the last twenty. Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, there's also vintage, which is just old cards. Okay. Uh, but but modern is like the premier competitive paper format at this point, and that's the thing I'm learning a lot about. And you can't play it in Magic Arena because not all the, not even close to all the cards are in Arena. Mm. Arena came out in 2018, and so it they've been slowly adding old cards, but it's going to be a long time before it's it's modern. And specifically because there is some fucking wild shit in modern that is so cool. Um, anyway, in order to play modern, you got to play Magic the Gathering online. Because Magic mm-hmm. Gathering Online has every card from, mm-hmm. I think maybe every card, just full stop, is okay. in Magic the Gathering Online. Because that's the one that came out in the mid-2000s. And guess what? It feels like you're playing something from the mid-2000s. <laughs> and, oh baby, they did a UI update in 2019. It still is. It is. It takes like twice as long to play games as it does in Arena. Um, wow. Is that just like processing moves and stuff or it just moves it's just the 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 speed that things move at is slower and because it is there are more complex card things happening mm-hmm. you have to you have to hit confirm at every single step so ah. it's basically like every single chance that you have to do something you have to click the okay button or you can hit the auto pass if you know you're not going to have any responses you can auto pass but like it's in in arena it just manually says you don't have anything you can do so we're just going to keep the game moving so it means that game times in arena in standard queue are like five minutes usually Mm -hmm. um but modern you also are playing like magic online you're usually playing best of threes and it's like no you're sitting down for a half hour when you're going to play a match um but uh modern rocks so hard like the current standard meta is also good it's fun in arena i'm playing a mono white humans deck so my deck um primarily i also have a i guess i have four standard decks i have like mono white humans which is like makes a lot of humans and then the humans buff each other um so that they all get bigger but they all start kind of small i got a lot of big guys in that deck yeah big 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 folks big ladies big guys okay i got a mono red aggro deck which is just like every turn you're just like dumping your hand and just slamming it into the other player and hoping that they can't stop you. And then you're going to kill them before they get their stuff even like on the board. Right. Uh, I've got a Selesnya enchantments deck that uses like enchantment cards and is a little more complex in terms of board setups. Um, and then I have a, uh, uh, blue tempo deck, which is all about, um, I basically stop you from getting to play anything, so I like counter all your spells. I bounce all your creatures back to your hand, and then it fills my graveyard with instant and sorcery cards. And then um, I cast big, huge creatures that cost less for each instant and sorcery card in my graveyard, or whose power is determined by the number of instant and sorceries in my graveyard. So all three of those decks, or all four of those decks, are still based around the kind of simple premise of like I got stuff I do with my spells, and then I play my creatures, and then we fight. Modern. Is like I played against a deck. It only had like a few creatures in it, and basically the whole premise of the deck was: to, it, there's a volcano land card, 
and the volcano lets you for every mountain land card that you have it lets you deal damage to a target <laughs> so basically they just like played control cards to survive until they could play this one card that, that let them replace all of their lands with different lands from their deck and then they would fish out like 10 mountains and then they would play all 10 of those mountains at once and each drop of the mountain did three damage to me oh so they do like 30 damage in one turn directly to my face unblockable from the volcano erupting <laughs> and it was like i was like what the f that was the fucking that's so cool <laughs> that's like so that's so different yeah. than anything i've seen in magic before because it's like you're not even playing creatures you're not playing the it's, and i've seen there's this deck that is a toxic deck that like it has a way to pump up an unblockable 1/1 one, one creature to plus 10 plus 10 and then it uses toxic counters and if you do to 10 toxic damage you win and so by turn three, they've got a 10-10 unblockable toxic creature that can just kill you. Um, that one is fucking wild. Uh, I'm playing an Eldrazi deck right now that's like... Uh, the Eldrazi are like the big scary god creatures, um, kind of like Eldritchy Cthulhu types. And it just like, if you get these... It's colorless, so it doesn't have like red, green, blue. It doesn't do any. It just has colorless mana. And... It's got these three lands that once you put them down, then on turn three, they each make more mana if they're all three of them are out. So mm. on turn three, you're making like eight mana and you're playing these like fucking huge creatures that normally you wouldn't be able to play until late in the game. And so anyway, point being modern is just a it's just a cool. There's just so many fucking cool things that pop off. Yeah. Um, it is also I'm going to get a paper modern deck. It, you are talking that is the big the big 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 money spend big money pit like you can get into it for 100 bucks 100 to 200 bucks on a sort of like starting collection go into, of your, go into your card shop and ask for come in with a list yeah i buy thankfully the i live thankfully i live near the physical location of card kingdom card kingdom is like arguably the biggest online magic retailer um, and I live near Mox Boarding House, which is like their physical location. Uh, so you can go on Card Kingdom and place an order and then go. I actually did this last weekend. Um, then go pick up the cards from Mox so you don't have to have them shipped or anything. Um, so I'm going to pick up a, a budget. Probably going to spend $150 on a budget <laughs> modern deck. But then you, I mean, there's three, four, five thousand $5,000 modern yeah. decks that exist. Like that. that's the... And and for a lot of people playing those, they played then, so they had had the cards, so they didn't go out and drop five grand yeah. on a deck, yeah. or they've been collecting and upgrading the cards, the deck over many years. But what's nice about it is, you can go if you try to play in a premier event. Yeah, you're gonna get your shit rocked by some fucking crazy volcano exploding deck that costs two thousand dollars. But if you go play at like a there's a they play at Mox on Sunday mornings, which is like, God, I can't. It would be great to just pop down and play a few games magic on a Sunday morning uh, with a cup of coffee. Uh, that's like people, people are not that crazy. That's mm -hmm. people are playing like kind of more down to earth decks. So I'm looking forward to getting into playing some of that. And then you get a lot of the old art and shit, which is cool. Um, and uh, the old sort of borders on the cards are cool. So uh, that format is very neat. And then the, the last one that I'll touch on. So I've been playing <laughs> draft and standard in arena. I've been playing modern and, 
MTGO, which is also the economics of all of it. Magic Gathering Online, I never got into it in the past because before Arena, because it felt stupid because it was like the same price as Paper Magic. Mm-hmm. But now, because Arena exists, Magic Online is still doing fine. They're probably going to support it forever because people, there's whole industries around it at this point, but it's super cheap to play. Like, it's like 10% of the cost of, of physical magic. Um, maybe, maybe 10 to 20%. But like the decks I'm looking at buying in Paper Magic, you can get for like 15 bucks in, in MTGO. So, uh, it's, it's way, way, way less bad to play, like to pay for. And they are currently doing a thing where you can pay, um, a fee to like access every single card for a couple of weeks. Mm. So that's what I've been doing to kind of go, well, which modern deck do I want to buy? I'm going to try all of these out in MTGO. Um, so uh, I've been playing some, some modern there. been playing with two of our Destiny friends went down the, are going down the modern hole with me and playing in MTGO as well. Uh, and then we've also been playing in uh, Tabletop Simulator because get another format. There's a format called Commander, which is extremely fun. You build a hundred card deck every, except for your basic land cards. Every other card has to be unique. You can't have any more than one copy. And you have one card that you use as your commander card. It has to be a legendary creature or a planeswalker that says it can be a commander. And it exists kind of outside of your deck. And you can cast it into the game anytime by paying its mana cost. And then if it dies, it goes back to the command zone and you can recast it later on. You just pay an escalating tax each time it dies. And you typically are building your deck around the the commander, like the theme of the commander. So like I have my most successful one is I have a deck, I have a commander that's a planeswalker, which is a type of card that ha- it's not a creature, can't fight, and it kind of has its own life total that you spend and and add to to do different abilities. So its ability is one of its abilities of its three is it can remove a creature from the battlefield on my side and then bring it back into the battlefield immediately kind of called blinking, which is good because lots of creatures have when this creature enters the battlefield effects. So like at one point and like, I have a card in that deck that doubles the amount of, uh, when you and a creature enters the battlefield, it doubles whatever it does. So I have a card that says for each opponent, I can exile one of their creatures on the board, for example. So I can blink that with the other card I can exile two creatures on each of my opponent's battlefields per turn just for free. Uh, and then I had another card in that deck called Soul Herder. Every time a creature is exiled, it gets to get it gets a plus one plus one counter. So I mm-hmm. blink the the Lumina Primordial plus one plus one counter. When I blink it, everybody has I get to exile two creatures from everyone else's boards. Every single one of those creatures is a plus one plus one counter on this on the Soul Herder. So you get these like crazy uh, strategies and it's a multiplayer format. So you're playing with three to five usually people. Uh, and there's a lot of politics of like, <laughs> holy shit, Pat has a 15, 15 soul herder. He could kill any of us yeah. right now. So we got to deal with him. Yeah. Uh, so that's very fun. We're playing that some in tabletop simulator, but then we're also playing it in the last app that I've been using, which is called spell table. <laughs> Uh, which is a Wizards of the Coast somebody app somebody send help where uh, you like you you use a camera and it actually like reads the cards 
on your desk. Uh, and, and so you can click on someone else's card and it'll pop up in a little window because it can use image recognition on the art to find the, the, the card in the database. So that's been a fun way to play commander as well. Cause I have a number of physical commander decks, the deck I just mentioned, I have a physical version of, uh, and then I go play, I've been playing that with friends that I have the one group of friends that I actually hang out with, uh, in Seattle is, uh, does, does commander. So, uh, yeah, so it's been a deep dark hole. I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's just such a good game. There's, you had mentioned before, like being kind of intimidated is maybe the wrong word, but like not wanting to deal with the breadth of all yeah the it's shit just there's in it's there. so long and storied and it's it's just like you know looking at a thing be like ah mm, there's a lot there to absorb and i could put a lot of other information into my head <laughs> yeah i think if you're not interested in it then you're not interested in it but yeah. it's it's not as bad as you think um mm-hmm. it's kind of like saying like in a way it's like if you look at if you if someone were to go, I'm not gonna play uh Baldur's Gate three because there's so many role playing games and there's so much out there to put into my brain oh, yeah. from all the other role playing and we look at that and go, Well no, you can just play Baldur's Gate three. You don't have to uh, know um, Pat, I mean this stuff. is you're the you're the guy who's like, Oh well, I gotta play all the the first game and all this and you said you're not doing that with uh, Baldur's Gate and you've no, already no. played those games, but trails in the sky your, your, your trails of whatever you're going through from the beginning so that's because i'm not a coward uh, <laughs> yeah, but my I, point I is am that a coward uh i will i fear my magic. point is that you don't you don't have to i mean i'm not arguing to get you yeah, to play yeah. but you don't have to be afraid of magic you can download arena and play the starter deck yeah duels and you're playing against other people with similarly powered starter decks and frankly you could graduate to jump in where you just pick Mm -hmm. two themes and it smashes it together for you and they're pre-made things um you could play those two modes forever and have a ton of fun and they will rotate when new sets come out and you don't ever have to learn like the you don't have to learn about the volcano deck if you don't want to (laughs) uh volcano deck isn't real it can't hurt you it really can't hurt you as long as you stay well frankly if you play arena it certainly can't because those cards are not in arena (laughs) that volcano doesn't exist um so yeah. yeah, I would encourage people if you've just if you have been intimidated in the past because I won't say that it's been a thing that's prevented me from dipping into it, but I definitely have kind of not taken a deeper plunge for the mm-hmm. reasons that you're saying too, and I'm finding that it's actually not that bad because the way that it's the fact that it is so broad <clears throat> makes it almost more like a sport because it's not but it, it it's it's there's all the conventional ways people play magic and if you look at all the conventional cards even in modern you're looking at like a couple sets worth of cards that people actually like think are good yeah and the cool things that happen are when people come up with ways to play that no one else is expecting because they've they dug out an old card that they happened to find in a shop or see in a YouTube video and they went, wait a minute, if this if I put this with this, that actually works really well. So it's you almost have to like 
rather than go, oh, there's so much there, you know, there's 22,000 cards that have been printed, you go, you you kind of just go, well, if you think of it more as like, a, well, there's a, kind of an infinite number of cards that have been printed. <laughs> so like, and there's really strong resources to find specific cards. So if you start to look at it as like, how do I want to play the game? And then from there go, well, what cards are there to support the way I want to play the game? It becomes less of a less overwhelming because it's more about your creativity than it is about learning all the cards and figuring out like what the best deck is. Um, and I think that's what what makes it really exciting, even though there are so many cards and it can come off that way. Okay. As long as you come at it like when I play modern, when I go into the standard queue in arena, I want to win because I want to increase my rank because you get rewards for having a higher rank and frankly like that's the point it's like the point of standard is to mm -hmm. climb the ranks yeah but when i'm playing modern i'm mostly there to see what fucked up stuff can happen so <laughs> when the volcano deck beat my ass i wasn't mad i was like that's so cool <laughs> show me more yeah <laughs> i need to see these dark these i need to learn more about these dark decks that sure. do insane things yeah uh i in some ways i i you know the hearing about that stuff is fun i uh, magic is very much like Eve Online, uh, in some ways. Where, I, tell me about all of the weird, cool stuff going on, like either weird politicking, uh, in a commander game, or like you know, uh, tournament stuff, and like oh, this person cheated, and dark dealings, and uh, like that. You know, that stuff is all fun. Uh, I'll I'll enjoy it from afar. I think I don't know. Uh. I might download Magic Arena and at least try to so. learn how, because yeah. I, I mentioned in our chat, like in high school, when there were people playing Magic, they'd be like, oh, here, play Magic, use this deck that I have, this extra one. And then it would just be like, not teaching me how to play the game. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, I know there's mana and you tap it. I don't know what's in this deck. I don't know what I'm supposed yeah. to do. That's, uh, that's one of the really so, frustrating yeah. things with, with the way that a lot of people teach it is they anytime someone's teaching you with like a deck they made it's like okay well if you made the deck then either one you're a shitty magic player so it's a shitty deck mm -hmm. i'm not particularly great at deck building yeah. i can build like mid-range decks that are okay mm -hmm. um i'm having fun with the lord of the rings decks because there's a lot of signposts and a lot of themes and synergies to work with yeah. um but uh i'm i'm not like a genius deck builder so if i hand you a deck that i made it's probably not going to be balanced against any of the other decks that we play with. Yeah. And I'm not really going to be able to tell you how to play it because it was, I was like, I don't know. I think I know what I would do when I draw these cards. Exactly. So, yeah. And you're playing, if you're like play. playing against that person, then it's just mm -hmm. like, <laughs> what do you do? No, starter decks, starter decks in arena, the starter mm -hmm. deck duel is a really good way to learn because even if someone is extremely skilled dipping into playing it, cause anybody can play it. Yeah. It's fine because their deck, the decks are all of relative power levels. Mm -hmm. So you might get your ass kicked, but you know that it's because you can be confident of it being because you're learning yeah. and the other person is, is, you know, skilled or had, you know, some good luck or whatever. Um, so I, yeah, I, I would say um, it's, it's a much better way to learn and, and I'm happy to play anytime. Mm -hmm and not be oh, like that. I, 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 I know you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, it is still sometimes I, 
sometimes you do stuff. Commander game we played two nights ago. Mm-hmm. On I, my deck popped off, and I, it, it was definitely gross. The stuff that it was doing, <laughs> and, and 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 that can be fun. We're just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, I, yeah, that 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 stuff can be fun, and you know, uh, it can be. It's it's certainly fun when it's ha- when you're the one doing it. Sometimes in a. If it's not a consistent thing, if it's not like every game, Pat's got this bullshit deck that's just going to do the same thing. Well, and the nice thing about Commander is it does kind of self regulate because next time if I play with those people and I pop that Commander on the field, they're going to be like, okay, he dies first. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's it's a hundred cards. There's some randomness. There's a lot of variance. So, you know, that game, I happen to draw the card that gets bigger with every exile in my opening hand. Exactly. And so, so, you know, you can uh, enjoy, you can hopefully, you know, if you're a reasonable person, you can enjoy the ride and go, well, that, that was something. On Monday, on Monday, I played with some friends that, one of them on his like third turn, he got to uh, start flipping four cards off the top of our decks, everyone else's decks, every turn, and then playing one of those cards for free <laughs> to his board. <laughs> and like by the, and then with the way that it cascaded a turn later, he ended up playing, he got to double it and he got to attack twice. So he got to quadruple it. <laughs> so he was milling like, eight cards off of our, or more than that, off yeah. of our decks, and playing multiple of them, and his turn took, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and we were all just sitting there, like... Yeah, that, that sounds un- unpleasant. And it was it was crazy the first time yeah. to just be like, Jesus Christ, what is even going on? And, like, yeah. what are we unpacking that you've got, like, 12 creatures from four our different, decks, yeah. five different decks in front of you. And then, uh, but then I... One person pinged off the thing that was protecting his creatures from a board wipe, and then somebody else played a board wipe, and they all died. Uh, and and then he ended up dying because he made himself a target by getting mm-hmm. so big mm-hmm. and so tough, and then died. So you know, it, it's but yes, if he did, if 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 you were playing with that was very fun. If you're playing with someone who was taking a twenty minute turn where they play eight cards from your deck multiple mm-hmm. times, that would not be as yeah. enjoyable. So it's you definitely have to kind of balance and regulate a little bit. For sure. Well, what if I told you that that card that that, that your commander could be Sauron, the Dark Lord? Um, I do not want to be uh, a bad guy. Okay. What if you could feel, play I'll as feel. Aragorn, the Uniter? There we go. Or you know, when he or kicks, Tom Bombadil kicks, kicks that helmet, uh, he breaks his toe, and that's why he yells <laughs> like that. My my wife wanted to watch uh, Titanic. Because uh, it was just put up on streaming stuff recently, and <laughs> yeah. I good yeah, timing. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, uh, but I, I have literally never watched the entirety of Titanic. Uh, I have okay. only seen parts before, um, and there, like, I didn't know that the start of that movie was them taking a submarine down to the Titanic and looking around and stuff. I, I had no idea that was in the movie at all. Uh, but so my, my wife started telling me like all this trivia about the movie. And so I was like, I, I just started responding with Lord of the Rings trivia. Nice. <laughs> she was not happy. <laughs> I, uh, I have the metrics also. Um, oh. There are currently 9,459 cards in magic arena. 
And then 525,600 uh, cards in Magic the Gathering Online. <laughs> 55 islands, 55 swamps, 55. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and I currently have unique, not playset, but like the number of single copies mm-hmm. I have of, I have 3,533 of those 9,459 cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you multiply that into playsets, which you can have four copies of a card in your deck normally, then it's... Uh, then uh, you uh, you you would need thirty seven thousand cards, thirty well thirty eight thousand, um, and I have uh eight thousand of the cards towards that. But if you take it down to just the standard legal stuff, there's only two thousand two hundred and twenty two cards that are standard legal. That's two thousand. It's a nice round number. Yeah. Well, uh, I I have been playing. Nothing as so new or old or uh, all encompassing. Really. All encompassing, yeah. It's like Magic: I, The Gathering is always new and it's always old. Yeah, this is true. And you know, the that's games you're the playing. Things that's great about it. You know, you got you, you're you're running the gamut this week. Uh, I have, I don't know, been in a little bit of a funk this week. Haven't been able to get myself to play much, but I did finally. Uh, pull the trigger on Final Fantasy VII Integra- Remake Integrade so I could get to that uh, Yuffie DLC eventually. Uh, but I am replaying the game from the from the start uh, on Steam Deck, which runs it surprisingly well, uh, like 60 FPS. On, there's only like high and low texture and shadow settings, but I turned shadows down to low runs at 720p 60 fps most of the time when you're in like populated like town areas it kind of drops a little bit but it's it's fine uh that game is still really really good and i feel like i appreciate it more going into it the second time having seen combat wise where it goes and how it evolves Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah because by the end of that game you can like I didn't appreciate Tifa at the start of that game. Oh uh, yeah, or sure. like even ch- changing between uh, characters because you're with them for such a short time and the fights are, you know, you're not doing a lot of fights when you've got people with you. There's a few here and there, and yeah. then you're changing party members so often, and it's just like I'm just gonna play Cloud and get good at Cloud because he he's the main guy. Uh, but I've been taking a little more time as I've been going through the side stuff and like, okay, this is what things, this is what these characters feel like at the start of the game. And so I can enjoy them more over the course of things. I'm still early, like chapter four or five. I'm about to do the the attack on the second reactor. So I've done like the weird uh, head out with Jesse and have the boss fight with the other soldier guy on the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's all that stuff is still uh, a lot of fun. And uh, it's sort of making me reevaluate my time with the final fantasy 16 demo. Cause I was unsure about the combat and the combats for seven and 16, seven remake and 16 are different, but they're also, mm-hmm. It's very similar. Uh, yeah. Like, there's a simplicity to 
combat where it's like it is just one button for the most part you can push another button like triangle or y whatever it is to pull up another like to you know do like a special move or a mode change or whatever but it's mostly just like mash mm-hmm. and x yeah it, but it's so good it's easy to forget that it's so simple like the way you and in, incorporate abilities and stuff is fun though i wish maybe there was like a what what do you like a you could set an ability on like a hockey or something uh just to have like oh i want to put this special move on uh, a shortcut that'd be a nice little change but maybe they'll do mm-hmm. that for rebirth yeah rebirth is the next one do you do you know if uh the crisis core reunion is that tied into the remake stuff do you know it all I believe so okay uh but i'm not positive okay i mean like zach isn't really a big that's his name right yeah not, yeah he's not really a big character in the original final fantasy 7 and no he's yeah like the guy in the crisis core yeah 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 and i'm but like they put crisis core out and so it's like is it is reunion because they like rebirth remake reunion rebirth and then re i don't know repent i don't know what they're gonna call the last game uh but my understanding is that it's I my understanding is yes it's still like most it's much less um it's much less uh altered mm-hmm. from narratively from the original crisis core than seven remake is mm-hmm. Um, but that it is it is relevant. It is relevant because seven came out before Crisis Core, mm-hmm. and then Crisis Core came out, and now the remake the the seven remake stuff incorporates Crisis Core. So I I think so. I did a I did a search on the gamer, and I think the ending of yes Crisis Core reunion is different than the ending of the original crisis core yes that's what i was gonna get to is i do believe they made some change i heard people very cheekily saying like you should play crisis core reunion yeah and uh, maybe i will now because i, I it, that, that was before. that was the thing that yeah. i was like okay i want to know if it's actually connected or if they're just like cashing more in on the I think That's it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I yeah. don't think it's as extensive a remake of the original game. No. It's kind of like you could probably just um just uh like look it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's what's different and in so, you know. Uh but but that's not it's, really how I roll. Yeah, I, I, I never played Crisis I Core, so think I not through it. Played I played it, bits of it, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think I it's finished it. It's a PSP it. game. Yeah. So I had a PSP. I've got a PSP <laughs> here actually, but I don't know if it works. Yeah. Uh so yeah, uh, I am still very much into everything they did with this game. It is Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good it still hits. Uh like, you know, the writing is a little <laughs> uh a little corny, but I think that's part of the charm and mm-hmm. uh, Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's just such a it's such a good time. Uh it runs great on the Steam Deck. It's great to just like pick it up, put it down. 
I have had some weird, like one time I picked it up and turned it on. It looked like Vaseline was kind of scrubbed, <laughs> rubbed on the screen on like the character models. Like all the character models were super soft, which was strange, <laughs> like the textures. Funny. Everything else looked fine, but it's just characters were like super greasy. I don't know. And then I had like a weird sound thing one time I picked up, but for the most part, it's been fine. Uh, and that stuff was solved, but it's like, okay, close the game, reboot it back up. It it happens quick. Uh, thing, yeah, thing I forgot I, to mention earlier about Diablo 4 on the Steam Deck, it runs better on the Steam Deck than it does on my PC. <laughs> Just like general funny. technical stuff. It's goofy. But. Yeah, well, some of that may be... They're, the biggest technical problem with Diablo 4 at this point is that the, they're networking... like the a lot a lot of the lag that happens that looks like hardware lag is actually network lag oh, yeah. um because of the way that it handles that and it's it sometimes it is it is a nightmare mm-hmm. like the the their the connection stuff i i don't yeah. get it I've, uh, I've heard turning crossplay off helps with it but i don't know i've also heard closing the battle net launcher also <laughs> helps with it which is fucking wild. I don't know. That stuff is stuff. Mm-hmm. I hope they sort out. I'm I'm pretty high on Diablo Four still, but the tech, some of the technical stuff is still yeah. pretty rough um, with the connection things. Uh, the season one stuff, it looks real good. What they've talked about. Um, but yeah, I'm I I I want to replay. Yeah, I want to play Intergrade, but also I did play the whole game, and so mm-hmm. it's I, like I think. If you played through like the first like two, three hours of just to like get like basically do the tutorial again of of seven remake, then you could hop into integrate probably because it just like get reacquainted with the combat generally how yeah, it works. Maybe. Uh, um, I don't know if I'll play through the full thing again. If I start falling off, I might just like then jump into integrate. I feel like I could probably do that now. It'd probably be a little bit tough, just but you could turn the difficulty down. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's um, and I want to play. The thing is that I also would like to play Reunion. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so it's I. There's I, a lot of games to play. Sure. The Starfield's gonna there come are, out, and, and Baldur's and, Gate, you know, and. Thankfully, I already own Baldur's Gate, so I don't have to buy that. Sure. Again. I think sure. is it going to be a Game Pass? Uh, maybe, no. maybe not. I don't um, think so. It's no, it's not but, even uh, going to be on Xbox. Um, right, it's, it's, right, yeah, it's right, right. Not yet because um, they got a. They're like they're focusing on the PS5 version, which is coming out like a month after the. Yeah. Um, PC version, but yeah. But uh, but I also think I think it is the Steam sale is maybe the time that I'm going to pick up. Elden Ring on PC, mm-hmm. and I don't think I want to buy Elden Ring and Seven Remake, mm-hmm. and so if I and I I'm not gonna like set everything aside to play through Elden Ring again, yeah. but it is the kind of game that I would like to just have on my hard drive to boot up and yeah. play for a bit here and there and uh, get get through it over time so that when the DLC comes out, I can just play it on PC. Now that it's good on PC and it's good on Steam Deck, so yeah, uh, it's that's it might be might be time for that because I keep looking at the store page for it and uh, the screenshots and I'm like, ah, oh, fucking a, it was it's a good game. I um, they haven't said anything about that DLC. I guess Bandai did a like a summer showcase thing recently and they didn't talk about Elden Ring, as far as I know. Yeah, 
I don't care. I, I didn't see any <laughs> That's news fine. about it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, no date or anything like that. Uh, Apparently, that game has sold 20 million copies. Good for them. It's fi- yeah, and that's fucking wild. <laughs> uh, I can't believe it. Um, that's what the, they have a thing on the Steam page mm-hmm. that says like 20 million, 20 million tarnished. Uh, Armored Core is in August. Oh, my God. I know. That, that game looks really good. They put out some gameplay stuff that they let uh, like streamers put out and talk over and whatnot. And it, it looks, looks cool. Looks cool. Sure does. Uh, yeah. After, uh, yeah. Video games. Oh shit. There are they, the the games start coming. They don't stop coming. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, for a while they they weren't coming, but now they are again. And it's, it's it's every year it happens, and every year I'm always like, maybe there won't be much I, this year. I, I don't it's... know. Like la- was it last year? Two years ago? It was just like uh, I mean, you know, COVID really messed things up. But it it was for a little bit there. Like oh, there's not a lot, and this year is just like, hey, shut up. You want games? Mm-hmm. We'll give you games. No, please, sir. The, I have a family. The milk pouring meme, except it's me and Steam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pour the pour the games all over you. I don't know what the more milk pouring meme is. I'm, I'm oh, it's like it's it's from a from an adult film. Uh, it's like a lady and she's like oh. making the other lady drink the the, I've, the milk. I've, I've not, I've not, nope. It's I've, actually I'm pretty sure it's actually milk and it's not <laughs> grosser than that. Hey, you know what? I'm not I'm not you, here to I yuck any yum. I can't believe you. Can't believe you haven't seen this. I maybe I have, yeah, but it's not ringing any bells. Does it? Is it not a little bit insidious, deceitful for them to still be selling the Avengers game? Yeah, no, it's bad. Like, isn't when is that game ending? It's soon, isn't it? I just saw it on Steam. Um... It's like six bucks. September thirtieth. So okay. when they're taking it offline. Um well the game will continue to be playable for anyone with an existing physical or digital copy. Okay. They will just be no longer adding new content. Okay. But um, the new content and features will cease on March thirty first. Yeah. Uh I guess okay, you can still play it's a single player and multiplayer. Okay, are will be playable, and all of the game's cosmetic content will be made free for all players. So yeah, okay, that's yeah. Poor Spider Man, stuck on stuck on the PlayStation in Marvel Avengers. No, they have no end date for when the the game is like shutting. Like, yeah, able to play it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how long that'll last, but oh well. Poor. Yep, it's it's that game sucks and it's too bad because it's close to being pretty good, but it actually is bad. (laughs) Well, uh, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, The Final Fantasy VII remake still good, uh, and I'm glad I'm replaying it ahead of 
head of uh, rebirth coming out next year because I some of the weirder stuff behind like the changes I have forgotten like the specifics of and I would like a Mm. refresher on what is going on. Yeah, me too. Me too. I remember liking it. I remember it being cool. And I wish I could remember it as I'm playing to like like. Yeah. Piece together the things as they're happening. I hope that that I hope that rebirth gets delayed because <laughs> I I would like to replay oh, okay integrate and reunion and play reunion mm-hmm. uh and I am not gonna have time mm-hmm. in the next few months and so depends on what early twenty twenty four means if early twenty twenty four means like June mm-hmm. then the first half of June then yeah. I, you know, that's fine. Having read what I read on GameRant.com about Reunion, I don't feel like a desperate need to play it, but maybe like I I, no. I will make an effort to play it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not me saying I won't play yeah, yeah. Rebirth with that. If it if Rebirth comes out and I haven't played Reunion and I'm not playing it, I'll, I'll probably just look up what it yeah. what, what yeah. its deal is and then play. Yeah. I'm softening on needing to actually play the things mm-hmm. so. If it, it just yeah I, there there's not enough time to always be going back to the old thing which is a bummer but there's there's too many too many things to be interested in anyway that is going to do it for uh this week's episode of the gaming fix podcast episode 275 on July 8th, 2023. I have been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. Your partner's favorite apology. I've joined, been joined today by Pat. Yep, you can find me at PJC Place. Great. Down with the ship. <laughs> uh, wow, that's really, really insensitive of you uh, in light of recent events. Uh, and you can find the podcast uh, on podcast platforms. There you go. Uh, you can f- send us an email to gaming at fixed up space, which is working indeed this time. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, most likely with another episode of the Gaming Fix podcast. I will probably be going to Bit Summit and checking out some indie games uh, and other, I don't know what's going to be there, games be cool Uh, so yeah we'll be here next week have a good one stay wet gamers